Welcome to my podcast. So, today we're talking about Black Adam. Not just the movie Black Adam. I'll mention that quickly. I saw the movie Black Adam. I enjoyed it. Critics hate it because it's not a good movie. I enjoyed it a lot because it is a spectacle. It's a fun, enjoyable experience. It's not something that I'll revisit time and time again, but I will buy it when it comes out to watch it at least one more time because it's a superhero movie, because it's The Rock, and because it is action-tastic. Think Deadpool. No, it's not as funny as Deadpool, but it is as violent as Deadpool, and it has extraordinary an extraordinary presentation of uh, superhuman uh, powers and The Rock. And I like the character Black Adam. No, the comedy beats are not 100%, which is really noticeable because of that Deadpool comparison. The effects presentation is not 100%. Some of that stuff is actually very disappointing. There's a scene where The Rock appears outside of a... I forget if it's an, a plane or a jet window or something, but it looks literally like he's on a TV screen outside of the window. And sometimes the effects are amazing, but oftentimes, not as often as the effects are great, but oftentimes the effects fall flat. Really pitchy. But who cares? Because it's so much fun. It's so great as just an exciting thrill ride. Now, it's not its not a master class in the art of cinematic spectacle, like something in the vein of Top Gun Maverick, which is a master class in the art of cinematic spectacle, as well as being a really fun movie. Like I said, Black Adam, not a good movie, but pretty good spectacle. It's a pretty good roller coaster. I really enjoyed Black Adam. Balls to the wall action. If you enjoy balls to the wall action, if you can as they say, turn your brain off, because there's some stuff in there that would make you think, but it's not well enough done to, to go see the movie for that purpose. I think The Rock has a winner. Uh, will it make its money back? I don't know. Maybe. But it's worthy. It's worthy. And that's that's all that needs to be said about that movie. It's not good enough to have a lengthy conversation about, but I enjoyed it a lot. So that's that. But what I wanted to talk about was this episode was going to be about a Black Adam book from, I think, 2011 kind of coinciding with when World War War Hulk was out. Maybe, well, maybe not the same time. I think they were released maybe within a couple years of each other, or maybe a year of each other. Uh, World War III, a DC book, limited series, starring Black Adam as he went to war with the world, basically. DC does these events periodically called crisis events, these crisis books, and they've been up and down as far as how good they are and quality, and they're I really hate the idea of doing summer events repetitively every year to drive book sales. Like, how many major crises can the world have? Like, of course you want conflict. Always conflict. Always problems. Because that's the narrative that drives uh, these books. But it doesn't have to be a world-ending crisis. Or in the case of the the escalation of these crisis books, a universe-ending crisis every year. And then with the universe-ending crises, crises every year in with a Justice League or... I don't even know what the other teams in the DC universe are. Uh, maybe there's an active Titans. I don't know, because I don't read DC books anymore. Amazon bought Comixology and made it really hard to buy new books. Like, I don't even know how you buy new books on Comixology. So I can look at my existing library, which is not insubstantial, but I can't figure out how to buy new books, and I haven't purchased any in so long that it doesn't really matter, I guess. Neither here nor there. So I wanted to talk about World War Three and... And looking at that book and rereading it, it made me think about a concept that I wanted to kind of deep dive on. The idea of a character archetype that I call the Dark Prince. 
So I looked at Overly Sarcastic Productions, which is a YouTube channel that basically delves into the art of narrative and all of the tropes that exist therein. And I was sure that they would have something in there covering the idea of the Dark Prince, and I couldn't find anything. The closest thing I found was uh, Reformed Villains talking about tropes related to that that are close to what I'm thinking of. But the Dark Prince is a huge trope in media, especially modern media. And probably precedes that, but I don't know by how much. Uh, there are major examples of the Dark Prince, especially in anime. There's there's oftentimes a Dark Prince in character in anime, the most famous being Prince Vegeta. But the earliest example I can think of in youth entertainment media is actually Prince Namor the Submariner, uh, 1939. He's a Dark Prince character. He's even got all the aesthetic, the, the glower the handsome aesthetic, the widow's peak seems to be part of it, and the elfin ears seem to be part of the Dark Prince aesthetic as well for some reason. Sometimes Black Adam, who is a Dark Prince, he's DC's Dark Prince character, is portrayed with the elfin ears, and sometimes he isn't, but he and Prince Namor are basically the same character. And Vegeta are basically the same character, and Prince Lotor from Voltron are basically the same character. How is the Dark Prince characterized? Uh, he is magnetic and handsome, but martial and cruel and fascist. But he's driven by honor above all things. So oftentimes his selfish pride, because he is also selfish, his selfish pride and honor will supersede uh, everything else in a way that makes him seem heroic. And sometimes those aesthetics, the, the aesthetic of that can turn him to heroism, make a call to his honor, when you make an appeal to his honor. So the Dark Prince trope is something that, man, some of my favorite characters and a lot of people's favorite characters uh, are the Dark Prince because they're magnetic. And because they get shit done, they have a very simple philosophy that if you challenge them, they will crush you. And they're not cruel usually in the other way where they would go out to seek to hurt people, but they're offended by the very idea that you think that you could challenge their might because they're better than you. And they often are. They're, they're better fighters. They're stronger. They come from a lineage greatness, which is interesting. The lineage of greatness and royalty as an idea is interesting because uh, I guess because they eat better and are better educated, they're usually stronger, but they're also in the olden days were oftentimes very inbred, so they're probably they probably weren't the strongest in history, I would imagine. I'm not sure, but the in legends, the Dark Prince or the history of the heroic royalty or whatever, they are strongest. They're the strongest and most fair and handsome. And so we are we are drawn to the idea of the Dark Prince. And with that said, there is no Dark Prince story well I wouldn't say no, but there are few Dark Prince stories that represent the Dark Prince as well as World War III from uh, DC Comics. So what is World War III? Well, uh, after one of their crisis events, Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman, the big three, were kind of removed from the chessboard. Uh, they went off, and I believe it was Comic Storian's channel, because I actually I own the World War III collection. But the World War III collection, as these limited series sometimes are, doesn't tell the whole story because, uh, for financial reasons, they tie it into all the other books at the time. So there's bunches of the story that take place in other people's books. And there's bunches of parts of the World War III book that are about things that are not Black Adam's vendetta against the world. But World War III is preceded by another event where Black Adam, 
who is the ruler of Kandak at the time, uh, creates basically creates a family for himself, and his family goes out into the world to try to make it a better place by force. Because Black Adam, uh, in the comic, has both been a hero and a villain, but more recently, a hero. It's it's the Dark Prince aesthetic where he starts out as the strongest, worst bad guy, but because he's handsome and charming and magnetic, he becomes someone that we uh, we grow to love and respect for his power. Kind of like uh, the, the most recent Dark Prince-style character that we all fell in love with was Eric Killmonger. He's a very Dark Prince-style character, and if he actually believed what... Uh, he was selling, if he actually believed his philosophy beyond being angry with the world and wanting uh, revenge, uh, wanting people to hurt, then Eric Killmonger would probably be the best representation of the Dark Prince in media. But Eric Killmonger is a faker. He's just he's just mad. He's just angry. And so all the the philosophy he has about raising his people up, it's it's all disingenuous or it's all secondary to his anger and his uh, his desire for revenge. But Black Adam creates a family of Black Marvels, basically uh, other characters or other people that are empowered by the same gods that empowered him through him. I think he goes and visits Shazam or Captain Marvel, who is the character that we know now as Shazam, not the wizard. Uh, the wizard has disappeared. Captain Marvel sits at the Rock of Eternity. He is now known as Shazam, and he controls the powers. He's been driven insane by it, but Black Adam requests the boon of empowering these people with his his Black Adam power. He creates a wife for himself with the power of Isis. What happens is that the Intergang, which is an international crime syndicate, wants to be in league with, with Black Adam. They own a country. Basically, this crime syndicate owns a country called Bialia, and Kandak ruled by Black Adam, is very close to Bialia, and they want to be in bed with Black Adam. So they, they try to cut a deal with them, and they bring him some girl that they kidnap, or a woman that they kidnap, so that he can have his way with her, and he is offended and kills everybody. Everybody that was involved in bringing the woman, and then tells her that she is free to leave. But uh, in the time that she's in conduct, she discovers that while uh, Adam is... At heart, an honorable man, he's not really a good man, and his people are scared of him, and she thinks he can do better. Nobody's ever talked to him like that. He misses the family he had thousands of years ago, so she takes, or he takes her into his confidence and eventually wants her to be part of the solution of making the world a better place. She's empowered. Her brother was part of the, uh, the machinations of the syndicate, and he's been tortured and injured to the point of almost dying so they find him and they empower him as well so she becomes isis and i, I think his his superhero name is maybe horus or something of that nature i forget now and then they take on uh sobek who's the crocodile god as their mr talkie tawny uh which is a marvel family character is a talking tiger who's like the butler or confidant of the Marvel family. I don't know if that character still exists, but he was part of the thing. But they take on Sobek, the crocodile god, as their, their friendly, uh, child-friendly talking animal. And they go out into the world and aggressively try to do good in a way that makes the world uncomfortable. Bialia, ruled by the uh, Intergang, will not stand for this. And so, basically, through their machinations and both science and magic, they create people, they create soldiers that can potentially kill the the black marvels that's that's what the the black adam family's called they're they're not black but they're you know they they wear black they have black adam's power the black marvels and they succeed they kill the black marvels and black adam will not let this stand so he 
kills Intergang. He kills this coalition. It's not just Intergang. It's a coalition of scientists, and I've forgotten what their name is. Like, famous comic book scientists from the 60s, like T.O. Morrow and such. Probably Dr. Ivo is in there, too. Uh, Ivo is the one who created Amazo, anybody's powers. I don't remember who the scientists are, but Black Adam kills everybody, and they create these super powerful soldiers who are supposed to be able to kill Black Adam, and Black Adam, in his rage, kills all of them, too. And then in his rage, he blames the people of Bialia for electing people that would bring on Intergang to, to influence and rule their country. And so Black Adam kills everybody in Bialia. He kills all the citizens of Bialia. And it creates a crisis, a world crisis, because he is single-handedly, he has single-handedly committed genocide. Martian Manhunter, who's one of the few people who was powerful enough to perhaps stop him, tries to stop him with his telepathy, and instead of stopping him, he tries to do a Ghost Rider trick where he makes Black Adam feel the pain that he's caused, and instead, Black Adam takes that pain and turns it back on the Martian Manhunter, and has Martian Manhunter have some kind of psychic crisis of faith where he does not interact with humanity or the world for a year, because World War III takes place over the course of a year. Then, uh, because he destroyed Bialya, international forces come in and they're like, uh, you have committed like the worst war crime imaginable. We understand why you did it, but you're a crazy person. We have to bring you in. And basically, Black Adam is like, F you. What I did was just, and if you try to stop me, I will kill you. So if you want to go to war with me, and he's, I think it was his old Justice Society, because he was part of the Justice Society, before this this event uh, at at some point in time, the Justice Society is sent to bring him in, and he's like, do not engage me because I will kill you. And they do engage him. He does not kill them, but forces are sent after him over the course of this year. The story is truncated in such a way where I'm not sure how it flows over the course of the year, but they send ever-increasingly powerful teams of people to try to stop him. The Doom Patrol, he crushes them. The Titans, which is the evolution of the Teen Titans, he they are set to stop him. Uh, they have a Frankenstein on the team, because I guess it's a public license character. I think it's like Young Frankenstein Jr. or Young Frankenstein or something is the character. And this is the only thing I remembered from reading that story years and years ago before I cracked it open again. Frankenstein tries to hold him, and he rips the arms off Frankenstein's body, and that character dies. Uh, there's a character that works for Checkmate, Checkmate is kind of like a cross between Shield. Well, it's it's kind of like Shield, but the I guess one of the the commanders of Checkmate is uh, some kind of a, a mortal dude who reincarnates in a new body every year. And Black Adam rips the guy's face off, so he has to live for the rest of the year with no face. They send in the Titans because I forget. I th- maybe maybe Frankenstein's a part of the Titans. I don't remember now. Uh, but they send in the Titans, kills Frankenstein. Terra, who is a character that has been around for about 40 years, when the new Teen Titans came out in like the late 70s or very early 80s and were as popular as the X-Men, Terra was one of the characters that was involved in that that relaunching of the title. He kills Terra. She attacks him and he punches a hole through her body and kills her, showing that he means business. It's on. The world is after this man, but they can't stop him. They're talking about nuclear weapons. They're like, what can we do? Because it's not that Black Adam is the most powerful character in the world. He is. He's he's like Superman. So he's, give or take, as strong, as powerful as a Kryptonian. But the thing is that Black Adam will not hold back. And a lot of this, as analysis, comes from Comic Story. I, I believe it's Comic Story who did 
who gave me the catch up for the events that preceded World War Three, and then I watched his World War Three video. But he's right. Basically, the thing is that Black Adam will not hold back. So even though they're uh, without even without Superman or Wonder Woman, there are Kryptonians in the world. There is a uh, Wonder Girl who just goes by God. What is her name? Donna. Donna Troy, who basically has the same powers as Wonder Woman. She's there. Uh, Supergirl and Power Girl are there who are both Kryptonians. But they all have trained themselves to hold back, more or less, and Black Adam will not hold back. So as the story goes on, eventually he fights nations. He fights, he throws, uh, I think the U.S. attacks him, and so he picks up an aircraft carrier and throws it at New York City. That's what the kind of business that he means. And eventually the story escalates to the point where Black it's Black Adam versus everybody. Like there's a last stand, he goes to China and he's at war inside of China as their superhumans try to fight him. And the international superhero community can't go into China because of political reasons. They're not allowed to go into China. China's like, we have our own superheroes. We got this. They don't got this. And after their superhumans are crushed and some killed, they invite the world superhuman community to come into China and Black Adam crushes everybody. He crushes everybody. Like, not just a team or two teams. Basically, every superhuman who can fight at a certain level comes after him. There are Green Lanterns involved. They can't stop him. They cannot stop him. He will literally kill anyone who seeks to challenge him. And the only thing that stops him in the end is the return of the Martian Manhunter, who decides that humanity, while shitty, is worthy enough that he needs to lend a hand. So the Martian Manhunter comes in and he says, I understand, basically, psychically, I understand what you're going through, but this has to stop. If you want to feel pain, feel my pain, and shares his pain. Somehow, and like I said, there's a lot of connective stories. I don't know what goes on in any of these connective stories. They finally bring back in Captain Marvel and his family, who had fought Black Adam at some point to a standstill, but he'll go all the way and they won't, so they couldn't do it by themselves. But they brought Black Adam in, or they brought Captain Marvel in, I guess he goes by Shazam. I keep I keep forgetting that they don't call him Captain Marvel anymore. They just call him Shazam. So they brought Shazam, the superhero Shazam, in to say the magic word and strip Black Adam of his powers. Uh, there was a reason that it, he couldn't do it before. Something about the gods who granted Black Adam his power were not willing to take away his power. They agreed with his cause. And it's different. There are different gods that give Black Adam his power than those that give Shazam his power. So he couldn't make them do it. But some some coalition of or coming together of the work of John Jones, Martian Manhunter and superhero Shazam, they were able to both strip Adam of his power and to change the magic word so that he could not transform back into Black Adam. If they had not done this, this man would have killed every superhero on earth he might have killed every person on earth in his quest for vengeance so he was wrong but he felt justified the justification in his mind is kind of what makes him different it's what makes the dark princes different in general no he is a bad man but you understand where he's coming from that's the thing he's charismatic he's handsome he's charming and he is literally all-powerful under those circumstances but also brutal and fascist those are the Dark Princes, and that is the ultimate Dark Prince storyline. So that's Black Adam, and I feel like a lot of that is where, especially the story leading up to World War III, is where they're pulling what Black Adam is in the movie. 
Like it's, it's a different kind of thing. There are other resources that come into forming that story. But uh, yeah, there's a lot of the road to World War Three in the Black Adam movie. So yeah, recommend you read World War Three. Recommend that you read Black Adam. And that's the episode. Uh, join me again soon. Not sure what the next one will be. Whatever strikes my fancy, as usual. Also, uh, just some news. Smack My Pitch Up is not gone. It's just on hiatus. That'll be back soon as well. So look out for that. If you'd like to talk to me about Black Adam or anything else that's going on, you can hit me up at Twitter at janky old broke hobo spider man at Jonathan Blade. And thanks for listening.